0: Welcome to Between the Covers, the show for readers and writers and lovers of books. I'm Stephanie and I'm a publisher at Red Penguin Books, where we publish books of all types and genres. So whether you have a manuscript all ready to go, a book still stuck in your head, or even 300 pieces of loose leaf shoved in a drawer. And yes, at least once a month I do get an envelope filled with loose leaf to turn into a book just visit us at redpenguinbooks.com and unleash your inner author. I am beyond excited today to be joined by some authors who have absolutely unleashed themselves. The authors today are all part of Launchpad, the countdown to publishing your book. And this is a book that was published to help you get your book published. It contains the insights and tips and all sorts of things from published authors, quite honestly, from around the world. And you're just going to love meeting them and hearing about their author journey. Our first author we're going to meet today is Betty Lee Crosby. She's the author of Beyond Betrayal and so many other fabulous books. Uh, Betty is a USA Today best-selling author of 24 novels, and she's the recipient of numerous literary awards. Often hailed as a master storyteller, her novel Baby Girl was named Best Chick Lit of 2016 by Huffington Post, and her 2019 release Emily Gone won the International Book Award for Women's Fiction. Her most recent release is The Fault Between Us, a historical novel based on a true story. Betty Lee is a lover of dogs and all things Southern. She laughingly admits to being a night owl whose guilty pleasure is late night chats with fans and friends on social media. I am beyond excited to introduce you to Betty Lee Crosby. Thank you so much for joining me. (laughs) Thrilled (laughs) to have you. Uh, And Betty Lee, thrilled to have you, not just on this show, but having you in Launchpad, the countdown to publishing your book is huge because you've published 24 now?
1: Yeah. Um, I'll tell you, I I love writing and um, I was very honored to be asked to uh, submit a chapter in this. And when I first started out, as I mentioned, when I first started out, I was very fortunate to meet with some authors who who knew way more than I did. And they so graciously shared their knowledge. And I thought to myself at that time, should I ever get to the point where someone wants my knowledge, I will be glad to share it. And um, so I was super honored to be part of this project. And I found it really a fun project and just great authors to work with, and a great team.
0: Well, I I was honored when I heard your name come across. You should have heard the hoots and hollers because I got an email saying that Betty Lee Crosby was going to be in our book. And I was like, yes, that just upped our game. So I was
1: equally thrilled.
0: (laughs) I'm thrilled to have you. you. 24 books all these years. What happened first? I mean, were you five years old and you were writing stories? How did this all start? No, actually, I wrote for most
1: of my career, uh, not not wrote for most of my career. I started out as an artist, and um, I went into marketing, and I ended up writing, and I never really studied writing, but I wrote for business all my career, and I'd write things about the new coding system, and you know uh, the proper way to bag groceries, and what else. But you know, just everything and anything, because I was with a packaging company, so I wrote a lot of things like that. Then I went into an advertising field, and it just continued to grow. And I found that in time, I did more. I really didn't work on the drawing board at all anymore, and I did more writing. So when we got to the point where I said. Gee, you know, I'm not challenged by this anymore, and I do love to read. So I said, I think I'm going to get try my hand at fiction, because it's it was a love of mine since I was a child to read. But um, I yeah, and so and you know, the switch was amazing because when you're writing for business, or as you know, when you're writing a technical book like That's publishing, you know, book. Yes. the road to publishing, um, you're writing. The how, what, why, where, when. You know, your objective is to get to the goal, to tell the reader what they want to know. So it's, a, the it, what happens is they want to know, they want to get to the bottom, they want to get to the destination Absolutely. of knowing what they want to know. Whereas with fiction, it's all about the journey. You don't want to get to the destination until the very last chapter. Oh. So it was quite a transition at first, but... Um, Happily, I made it, and um, uh, little by little, but believe me, I have a couple of books that are still in the drawer, <laughs> and um, you know. So, I think you know when you're ready to be published. You know when your book is good enough.
0: Good. Tell me something. I hope you don't mind my asking. How old were you when you made that transition to writing fiction?
1: Gosh, I was
0: forty-six. Wow. Okay. I, I I love that answer because you know for for everyone out there who thinks nope too late that shouldn't be <laughs> by nope nope. But one of
1: the funny stories I have is that as I said, I really approached this kind of through the back door and kind of meandering in. We wanted to move to Florida in the worst way, and so my husband had the kind of job he was with the financial services company where he could in that other words moved to Morgan Stanley in Florida as opposed to New York. And um so I wanted to do something where I could really do it out of my house and and more inspirational, I guess, more creative. And um so I started writing and um oh geez, you know, at first it was, you know, the I, I really guess it was long stories and, and I look back now and my first manuscript not that long ago. And it was something like 149,000 words. And I said, good Lord, what was I thinking? You know, <laughs> Now my average story is about 80,000 or so. But um, um, you have all those books that are not published. And you know when you get to the point where you're ready to publish a book. And when you are, there's a lot of different roads that you can take. And I think it's helpful for people to know that. and I, That's why I wanted to share that kind of information. In the road to you know launching and publishing your book,
0: and, and which is why we decided that the book would open with yours because it really <laughs> lay out the fact that there are many roots. I, I love what you just said about having books in a drawer that are not you know you you know that those are not ready mm-hmm. for publication, and other ones are. You know, just a statement like that is is incredibly freeing and empowering for people to hear. Uh, on the one hand, it's a little frustrating to write a hundred thousand words and realize it's not fit for publication. I don't at this
1: time think I realized that I was writing that many words. <laughs> I think it just poured out. And um I look at it now and I think whatever was I thinking? I mean that many words is like, you know, that's a lot you of work I can't imagine. I, I you don't know the first time <laughs> the first time I hit the USA Today bestseller list, as I said, all of this sort of came as a surprise to me. When I tell you this business is a, a earn while you learn program, <laughs> it's just the whole business is. And the first time I hit the USA Today bestseller list, um, I had a book on sale. And, you know, I'd had a book about bad and everything. And um, I was on Facebook. And one of my friends said to me, Betty, congratulations, you hit the USA Today bestseller list. I said, yeah, when pigs fly. <laughs> she said, no, no, you really did. <laughs> but, you know, it was that far from expecting it. So, you know, I think you have to go into this business because you love it, because you really, I love, I I always call myself a storyteller even more than a writer. Because, you know, that's you have to love it to be in it.
0: Yes, no, you're absolutely right. And, and you have to grow a thick skin. There's
1: that. <laughs> Very. I can't tell you how many I could paper the room with the rejection letters from when I got started.
0: So, so important. I'm so glad that you're sitting here as a successful author telling all of our viewers, many of whom, <laughs> you know, statistics say that 90% of the population wants to write a book. So that means to me that most of our viewers want want to be you. Right. Oh, yeah. They want to you, meet you. And, and you're telling them, my walls can be papered with projections, and that you have not just one, not two, but multiple manuscripts that you know are not cutting it. And that's so wonderful for an aspiring writer to hear that from an accomplished writer. That's amazing.
1: And yeah. um, you just stay with it, I think, you know, just... Uh, As I said, you have to do it because you love it. Don't go into it thinking that that your first book is gonna make a fortune. If it does, God bless you. (laughs) You know, just get down on your knees and thank the Lord if your first book makes a million. But that's not the norm. The norm is that you grow your audience. One thing I can say I think is super uh, important to people is that you have to know, you have to start building your platform when you write your first word, when you write your first paragraph for your book, you have to start building your platform. And when, when I would, I would write away to agents and everything and send them my manuscript. And they'd say, it's a very good book. And we really like it, but you have no platform. And I'm thinking, it's a platform, you know, I had no idea what a platform even was. And then you know, come to realize it's the following that you have. It's the people that are gonna run out and buy that book when it is published. So I think that's a, if I had to say one thing, one word of advice to the person who's just starting out, it would be start right now and build your platform. Talk about the things you like, the things that are of interest to you and keep your your social media voice in tune with the type of books you wanna write. I, I love know, Don't go on social media and post a death myth and then write a well, uh, cozy. You know, it just doesn't work. You got to, you know, be what, you, be what your books are.
0: No, oh, that makes perfect sense. Because if you're building up an audience, they have to be kind of in that same theme that exactly. your books are going to be, or else you're building the wrong audience.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: I, I love that one of your, your statements in your bio says that... Your guilty pleasure is late night chats with fans and friends on social media. How late are we talking here? Oh, I'm a
1: I'm a night owl. You know, one of the posts that I did that was probably got a zillion responses was it was one night when we'd been after dinner with friends and everything, and it probably was about 12 o'clock at night. And I put on Facebook that everything's funnier after two glasses of wine. <laughs> And you, everybody answered that. I mean, you know,
0: so. That's the truth. Saying <laughs> that's the truth. Well, tell me, what is next for you? I mean, 24 books, what, what could possibly be? Is there anything you haven't done? I don't know. I think, you know,
1: I'm happy with what I, every time I go through another phase in my life, I say, oh, this is the best, this is the best. And there has never been a phase of my life that I felt was a waste or, or unimportant or not fun. Um, if it's not fun, move on.
0: <laughs> I get that. I get that. You know, what are you working on You right do. You working on a book right now? What's going to be next to come out? Um, I have one that's just coming
1: out June 20th. It's. It's uh, be, beyond betrayal. And this is a little different than uh, some of the earlier books that I wrote, which dealt with a more positive aspect of life. This one deals with some problems that people are <laughs> facing today. Very real problems. Like after the infidelity of a spouse, that's one thing. But if that spouse passes away before you can confront him about it, then you're stuck with that guilt inside of you and you live with what did I do wrong? What could I have done differently and everything? And where do you go from there? So it's really about a, um, alcohol abuse, you know, um, all kinds of things like that that a woman turns to, blaming herself and how you have to learn to not blame yourself, and to move on and find the part of you that really is the good part.
0: Oh, fantastic. You said that Beyond Betrayal comes out June yes. 20th?
1: June 20th.
0: Terrific. And I'm her- waiting
1: right now for the proof to come in. I'm I'm so anxious to get it in my hot little hand. I can oh, I'm me.
0: sure you are. Well, we want to get it into our hot little hands as well. Uh, June- <laughs> ideas beyond betrayal and you'll definitely want to go over to (laughs) medley crosby.com find her on social media if you're also a night owl i hear she answers you late at night i
1: do you know i always find it very cute and I don't know, gratifying perhaps, when um, I answered. Someone will write to me and say, I really loved your book and I just wanted to take this time to tell you. And they'll message me on Facebook. And then when I write back and say, Thank you, I'm so delighted to hear from you, they say, I can't believe I actually wrote to an author and she answered me. Those people will be your fan forever. So take the time to do it.
0: I'm glad <laughs> you said that. And the fact that um, people are so shocked that an author wrote back means more authors need to be writing back. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely.
1: It's, it's a wonderful thing. I'll tell you, the more you connect with your audience, the more loyal they'll be. And I am so blessed in having really wonderful, wonderful followers.
0: Oh my gosh, great tips. Thank you so, so much. Our next author today, Rob, Reinstaff is the author of Slade and all sorts of other books. He's also an editor, and his contribution to Launchpad, The Countdown to Publishing Your Book, had to do with working with editors. In addition to his career as a journalist, newspaper editor, publisher, and media executive, Rob has written fiction for most of his life. The newspaper biz has taken him and his family from Phoenix, Arizona to small towns in North Carolina, Texas, and Wisconsin. Seven years in Washington, D.C., five years in Asia. Wow. Born and raised a small town kid, he's as comfortable in Tokyo or Tuna, Texas. The variety of places he's lived served as settings for the characters who invade his head. He has four novels published with evolved Publishing, Slade, Turning Trixie, Hannah's Voice, and Carry Me Away. His novels are best classified as contemporary Southern lit. In 2022, Evolved also launched Junebug Gothic Tales from the South, a collection of Rob's short stories. Rob is also a sought-after fiction editor with editing clients from around the world, including agented, traditionally published, and best-selling independent authors. His articles on the craft of writing fiction have appeared in various writer magazines and websites. He has also taught writing courses for the Romance Writers of America and the Romance Writers of Australia. Even though he is neither a romance writer nor Australian, (laughs) he's also an instructor at the Novel in Progress Boot Camp. Rob now resides in the Ozarks of Missouri, where he writes and edits full-time. So excited to welcome author Rob Grindstaff. Thank you for joining us.
2: Well, thank you for having me. And oh it, was my- fun <laughs> listen- it was fun listening to Betty, because I could have said a lot of the same things she said, except I don't have 24 novels out, not even <laughs> close.
0: You got 20 more to go, and you'll get there.
2: I'll, I'll finish that up next month. That is um, an
0: absolute legend. That's for sure. She's an absolute mm-hmm. legend. Well, I'm so delighted uh, to have you. And and as a travel buff myself, oh my gosh, the places you have lived are just amazing.
2: Uh, we've seen some some nice places out there. And so that's uh, when we lived in Tokyo for a few years. We thought, you know, what an opportunity to see an entire part of the world. We never would have thought we would have had the opportunity so we tried not to let any of those chances slip by us uh during that five years and did a lot of traveling uh, in that part of the world
0: tell me a little bit about your work as an editor too because i know in our launchpad series you have a whole section on working with editors um as you've been on both sides of the pen then shall we say Mm -hmm. Uh, as an editor what do you find let's say your most challenging things that you have to do, as well as uh, maybe some, uh, oh, that was easier than I thought it might have been.
2: Oh, that's a a good question. Um, You know, sometimes the the easiest things to do, I think, are to help people learn to write better, to improve their prose, their sentence structure, to get more uh, creative, to dig a little deeper into the character, uh, rather than saying, you know, she sighed and smiled and nodded her head. like, okay, that's a good chance to go inside the character and tell me how she's feeling or how she's thinking uh, or tell, you know, what she's thinking. Um, Plot questions, I think, are sometimes more difficult to deal with. I mean, some are obvious. It's like, you know, okay, you you had a subplot here and then it just fell off off the table and you forgot about it. We need to go back and, you know, pull that one back in and complete it. Um, But when something's just not working, but it's hard to put your finger on what? Uh, and it's as the editor, it's not my story. You know, I can say this isn't working for me. Here's some suggestions, but you've got to figure this out on your own. I'm here to help you, um, but I can't write it for you uh, because it's your story, not mine. I'm just there to help you make it as good as you can.
0: Now, you know? now Rob, since you do get to be on both sides of that pen, um, mm-hmm. work as an editor for other fiction writers, but you're a fiction writer. Do you have an editor?
2: Oh, yes, absolutely. I can't edit <laughs> I my own work. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah.
0: I, I knew the answer, but I wanted him to say it because it's yeah. so how many people think, oh, I think my manuscript is clean. I don't need an editor. I'm loving hearing that an editor has an editor. Thank you.
2: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I've always found that, you know, the little things, you know, if there's a word missing or that type of thing. I know it's supposed to be there. So my brain sees it when I read it, uh, hand it off to an editor um, and they'll spot it immediately. Uh, and even more you know, important, deeper stuff than that. Uh, in my head, I know what the character's thinking or what the uh, what's happening around them. Uh, but did I convey that in the right words so the reader can see it and understand what's happening? And that's where I think an editor is, is even more important than catching a comma i missed uh, which no. i've been known to miss one or two of those now and then sure. uh but to tell me this isn't working or i don't understand what he's doing here uh,
0: now as a as an both an editor and a writer uh here's an interesting thought i'm sure as an editor you've worked with writers that you wish were a little more amenable to suggestion shall we say <laughs> um. <laughs>
2: I think in the 17 years that I've been editing, I have had, and I, oh, it's over, I think I counted the other day, 250 novels I've edited in 17 years. I think I've had one client who is just difficult to work with and, yes. you know, I mean, what I like and what how my clients respond uh, positively to is it's always a conversation. It's not me telling them you're doing this wrong. Do it my way. It's, you know, let's see if we can make this stronger. Here's why I think it needs to be different. What do you think? Here's a couple of different suggestions. But if you have a better idea, go with it. We just we need to solve the problem. Let's talk about it. Uh, And that, um, you know, 99.9% of the time, uh, that gets a very favorable reaction from the writer oh, yeah, I never thought about that. I didn't see that. I didn't notice that before. And it gave me a great idea. I know how to fix it. That's
0: fantastic. And as an editor who also writes, I know one of the, the things that we say uh, when we were writing Launchpad, the guide to writing her book, hmm. was um, not to edit as you write, just <laughs> because it's it stops the creative flow. If you sit there and, and end up you know, kind of, Uh, taking apart, oh, what's a good synonym for this? And what's a good, oh my goodness, just keep going. Uh, But you're an editor. Do you have to somehow turn that off? Tell me about your writing process.
2: Um, I think every writer probably has their own unique creative process. Uh, And I do a lot of things in my writing uh, and in my process for writing uh, that a lot of experts say, you shouldn't do this. Uh, but it's how I write and typically it takes me longer to finish a first draft Um, but from that point by the time I finish a first draft it's pretty clean Uh, it still has to be edited I'll still make revisions um, but I'll take longer on that first draft I'll write a chapter I agree with the, the comment that you know when the writing is flowing when that creativity is going just get the words on a page I think you know you can't you can't fix a blank page just write write, write, get it down. Uh, but the next day what I tend to do is go back and reread what I wrote yesterday and maybe I reread it two or three times and I edit it and I fix this sentence and I change that and and play with it and then get back into the creative flow for the next scene. Um, and then the next day or you know I've always you also hear sometimes you know, if you're a writer you write every day. well, I don't write every day. I think about writing every day. Uh, I think about the story I'm working on. I'm thinking about the character and then something will click and I'll sit down and, you know, write for four days straight. Um, but I'll hit a point where it's like, I, it's not writer's block. It's just, I need to stop and let that story digest a little bit in my head. Um, which That's kind of a non-sequitur thing. So digest in your head, but anyway, um, to, you know, come back to it in a couple of days or a few days or a week or a month or whenever I get back to it, uh, and all of a sudden it, you know, the creative flows kicks in again.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. Tell us a little bit about your fiction. What inspires your stories?
2: Oh what inspires my stories, I think they have medication to help with now, but I <laughs> wouldn't I wouldn't do that. Um but the going back to something Betty talked about earlier the first novel I wrote uh and I'd been writing fiction all my life and I'd tried writing a novel a few times and it didn't go anywhere and it didn't get finished and I didn't know what I was doing anyway uh and I had a job in the journalism world um and news media uh but sometime in my mid-40s a character showed up in my head and she wouldn't stop talking till I sat down and started just writing down what she said I didn't know what the story was. I had no idea. And I just wrote and wrote and wrote. And the story just kind of came out over time. And, you know, I had to massage a little bit. When I finished that first draft of my first novel that I ever completed, it was 162,000 words. <laughs> uh, and, of course, I told the backstory of both of her parents. Her, and, right? <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, everybody wants to know, you know, about her father's, you know, childhood. Right. So I wrote that, you know, which what I found was really helpful to me to know all of that. It, I got to know that character so well, but that I wrote a lot of stuff that readers did not need. Um, it took a few years uh, and it wasn't, that was the first novel I wrote. It wasn't the first novel I got published by next, you know, I'd kind of shelved that one uh, after wallpapering uh, a room with rejections, uh, had written another Novel that did get picked up by a publishing company um, went back to the first one and rewrote it again. Worked with an editor, and the Anivall Publishing picked it up also at ninety thousand words instead of one hundred and sixty-two thousand. So, <laughs>
0: uh, now was that first novel? Was that Slade?
2: No, the first novel was Carry Me Away, uh, the yes. first one I wrote. Uh, the second book I wrote, the first one published, was Hannah's Voice. Um, and that one came to me completely different. You talk about, you know, how do you, where do your stories come from? That one, the entire concept of the story came to me in a, like a single instant type of thing. It was, I got a six year old girl, nobody believes her. So she just stops talking and it just tears apart her entire community. And eventually the entire nation, uh, divides up, um, You know, arguing over what it means that this girl stopped talking, Um, and so I had the whole story idea in you know ten seconds. Um, Took me a couple of years or more to to write it, Um, and then with Slade, that was kind of back to the the first one. I just had a character that wouldn't he just kept talking, and I had to sit down and start writing. Uh, And I did something that I've I had heard from others uh, as a recommendation and I've taught it in classes. You know, if you need to get to know your character inside out, interview them. Mm. So I, so I finally just started interviewing the character because I couldn't figure out what was going on. It just had this really unique character in a unique situation. And I needed to know what the story was. And so I interviewed him and then he would mention his brother. So I would interview the brother and the brother would mention, the wife so i had to interview the wife and so wound up when i had about 40,000 words of interviews and i thought i've i've got to take all this information now i kind of know what the story is i got to turn this into an actual novel um but i kept looking at it looking i thought this might work and so we finished it um and the entire novel is me interviewing characters about events that happened years earlier
0: interesting
2: so talk about breaking all the normal rules of writing fiction um, but somehow it worked
0: hey um, if, if it works it works yeah work. it's
2: it, different than anything else I'd ever written and I don't plan on doing that one again so
0: <laughs> what's next on your agenda
2: I'm working on one right now um, and uh, working title which could obviously change is for what it's worth uh, and it's basically the story of Uh, Two powerful men, um, two teenage boys, and, you know, a body that washes up on shore at the most inconvenient of times. So that's about all I want to say about that, because I'm not sure I know the whole story yet myself. But that's what what we're working on. Um, And the other thing I work on constantly is editing, teaching, um, writing coach, whatever. You know, editing supports my writing habit. (laughs)
0: I love that. Well, whether you want to read some amazing Southern literature, or whether you're looking for Rob for editing so that you can write your own novel, uh, you'll definitely want to visit his website, get on his mailing list, and get reading and get writing yourself. Our next author today, Wilnona Marie, is the author of A Thoughtful Collection. And Lenona is an awarded poet and member of the And I Thought Ladies. The And I Thought Ladies also have novels in romance, women's fiction, and noir mystery. She's a co-founder of 25 Hottest Authors magazine and the And I Thought Literary magazine, as well as the Thoughtful Book Festival. In early 2020, they served as the judges on Scholastic Writing and Arts Award. The pair, Wilnona and Jade, the partner, have turned their writing career into a media empire, ranging from the written word to starring in a reality show about authors, which aired on Channel 18 in four markets, as well as on Amazon. They are principles in the documentary, Create, Aspire and Inspire, as well as How to Become a Lady. These shows share a place under the AITL umbrella, alongside the four podcasts and the Inspirational Women in Literature, Media, and Journalism awards. Wow, so excited to welcome to our show, Winona Marie. Thank you so much for joining us.
3: Okay, there we go. I'm sorry, I'm on the street in Pasadena, California in L.A. And I want to turn the camera around to so Alexis to wave. Can you wave, Alexis? Yeah. Oh. She just got an inspirational woman and in, in a media award. She's a casting director for uh, a couple of movies and TV shows. Fantastic. Hi, nice to see you. Yeah, She's gone now. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. She had like That's 15 okay. minutes to talk. And I was like, you know something? I'm putting her on camera. She's the I only thing
0: on camera. Well, if I didn't think that you were a busy woman from reading your bio, now seeing you on a street corner in Pasadena, I know so. <laughs>
3: <laughs> How is everyone today? Everyone I've been is- listening to everyone about talking about their books. I'm also in the middle of lunch, but that's okay. I, I, get that. I need to so, eat less anyway.
0: You, well, no, no, no. <laughs> you need to eat enough to keep strong enough To keep going. And we are so excited that you are part of Launchpad, the countdown to publishing your book. Talking, well, in here you're talking about self publishing, but you also have articles and other books coming out about events and marketing. And you are like, you are like a media empire all right there with a bow in your hair. Oh my gosh, I feel like that's what I'm
3: talking to today. Thank you so much. It was an absolute pleasure to read to um write with for Launchpad, especially the self-publishing one. The events one was um a bit out of my wheelhouse. I'm not a nonfiction writer. On I write profile pieces, because so, we own the 25 Hottest Magazine, so you know you, you write about the people in there. But it was a uh, it was a little bit of a struggle to write about events and stuff. But the self-publishing one has been an absolute oh, pleasure. I loved that meeting yeah. everyone is a pleasure.
0: Yeah, no, it was, it was super interesting to go into, the, you titled it The Mystery of Self-Publishing and it was really like a dive into your mind, which is really kind of cool. I love the way <laughs> you framed it, not, not as a how-to, more as a, you know, an introspective. I felt like we were journeying along with you, which was very, very cool. Well, tell us a little bit more about, and we thought ladies and everything else, I mean, the whole empire. In your own words, without me
3: going, oh my gosh, listen to this. Listen. <laughs> I honestly don't feel like I think yesterday was the first day I went. Oh, maybe this is an empire because it takes a lot of time. Um, <laughs> but so we started writing. I started. I got published at ten, and then I did some poetry. And Jade was like, "You have to write one last poetry book because I was going to write a last book." And we became the anti thought ladies off of that book. And I was like, "Let's uh, let's see what we can do with a book besides just sell it." And I mean, we we started a, a wine, a board game. We journeyed into having scripts, podcasts. We got syndicated in London with a podcast. Hold on. The problem with standing on a street corner is, you know, there's uh, surround noise, background noise. Totally understand. okay. Now let's start again. Um. So and then um, then we actually uh made our books in the clothes. So now we have a clothing line and have been in numerous uh, fashion magazines, in fact. It's been kind of fun and different. And uh, it's interesting to figure out what you can do with a book. And uh, I think it's been two months ago. I was actually in a movie in Atlanta, Georgia from, you know, my book career, someone saw me and was like, you know, like I, I, I was friends with the director and stuff. And, and yeah, so I ended up in a movie. It's been amazing what a book career can do. I mean, I feel like any author that can write, if I'm self-published, any author that can write can do this too.
0: So, so you went from writing a poetry book when you were 10 to being a fashion mogul. <laughs> <laughs> and, and a movie star. And I mean, my
3: gosh, did you say something about wine and board games? Yes, we own a, a small wine. It's called the Literary Ladies. Um, so we only do one. We only do one kind of flavor a year. So this year is the year of white wine. We have a Chardonnay. Last year was red red wine with a Malbec, and the year before that was a rosé. So that's the only thing you can get Literary Ladies as this year. Chardonnay. Sorry.
0: I had no idea there was a wine. I did not know about the. I'm, you and I are going to have to like talk because I I. I want a wine now. If you're, that, okay. you've given me like a new goal in life. And and tell me about this board game. I did not know about the board game either.
3: So um, I wrote a book. I was writing a book, and the characters for another story wouldn't get out of my head. So I wrote a script because you know, it's sixty pages for a script, sixty ninety pages, one hundred twenty if you're doing it a, a full movie. And so I was like, all right, I can do this. And then um, one of our friends was like, let's turn it into a table read. And from the table read, it became thing the actors actually made it like they asked for more episodes and then i was sitting here and i was talking to actual talent managers in hollywood and london and atlanta georgia and they were like all of our talent think that they can do our jobs and i was like wouldn't it be cool if there was a board game where you could become the talent manager and so now we have a board game called managers where where do we get this game unfortunately it does not have large distribution you have to know us to have the game and I think I've only like sold three to people (laughs) because I'm like I love the game but it's like $78 a game to make so like I don't sell them often I get that I get that especially yeah (laughs) $8 it's it's like if you want to sell it at a market if you're looking at like you know at least 98 that's yeah no one's paying $100 for a game they've never heard of but it's a lot of fun to play but it's a lot of fun to play. You could be sitting there at your own staff meetings, playing the games.
0: Tell me something. If if we all go to endwethought.com, is that the right web address that we can find the wine, the games, the, all, all, of you, all that is you?
3: Yes. If you go to endwethought.com, you can find everything that we're up to. If you want to look at a prettier website, I suggest andithoughtladies.com. You're not going to find much there. Just a little brief thing about who we are. And it'll take you right back to endwethought.com. But you know, pretty is nice.
0: <laughs> nice,
3: pretty is nice. And finding this media empire
0: is quite a thing. So, so tell me something, because it sounds like you've done it all.
3: I mean, well, I don't know. You don't have a cheese named after you yet, do you? No, but you know, I'm going to start working on that now that you've mentioned you it. And I was just asking myself, what will be the next thing? That's what I'm asking. What's
0: the next big thing? I mean, you've named off a million things, a theme park, a theme park.
3: I, I can't manage that one, but I have been thinking about it for years. Yeah, no, I like in my head, I have like planned out a writer's theme park. Have you really? But, exactly. Yeah. So I'm thinking about literally my next thing is I'm thinking about doing a reality show for writers as an audio version. And mm-hmm. Stephanie, I'll be talking to you about that. Oh, oh, I'll, I'm in. I'm in. <laughs>
0: Just tell me where to sign. I'm loving this. A reality. Great. Right. I love all these. I every one of them. That's why I said. Now I want that. Now I want the theme park too. I mean, this is all great. I mean, the three of you, such an inspiration in such different ways. I hope that we're we're all rubbing off on each other. I I, I think that Betty Lee wants you know wants in on some of this too. She's sitting there writing all these books, and now she's
3: saying, <laughs> I, I need a wine. you should have when you I heard 24 books I was like well look at that flavor profile for why yeah I was actually thinking more beer because I was like there's more beer than there's wine."
0: well I mean that's true that's true but let's all brainstorm for a moment you know I asked all of you what's next on your agenda and I kind of meant what book are you releasing next oh
3: I'm so sorry can I say what book I'm releasing next that that that's okay do you have a book coming out soon Yes, we wrote on our book is coming out in July. It's a murder mystery written in poetic verse. Someone said, you know, you can't write murder mystery and poetry. And so I was like, uh, challenge accepted. Let's do this thing. It took us eight months. So it was a little longer than most of our books. But it's done. And it comes out in July. Oh, my gosh. I had no idea. I had no idea when I... You're not supposed to ask people
0: questions that you don't know the answer to. I did not know that, and now I'm super excited about it. What is it
3: called? And I Thought I Knew You. So we're staying with the And I Thought brand.
0: Oh, I like that. And I Thought I Knew You. Okay, so you've got And I Thought I Knew You coming out, and uh, Betty Lee's got a book coming out. Beyond Betrayal is coming out June 20th. Rob has got, I mean got all of his clients that he's got to fix all their books too and take some time out. But besides books, now that we'll got us thinking about other projects, what's on the wish list? We talked about a theme park, we, we, you know, a cheese. Rob, I saw your eyes light up with the cheese too. So do you have like a dream product or um, you know thing that you'd like to do next? Isn't this um, other thing even bigger? What do you think,
2: Rob? No, I was just uh thinking back to the 9 years I lived in Wisconsin um and thought what great cheeses they have there so I just
0: <laughs> you know,
2: So yeah. That's if, true. If, if uh if you and I thought some cheese, you just let me know. I'll test. I'll be your taste tester. Oh. oh we're going
3: to have cheese. I'm not I'm, I'm not ready for the Wisconsin palate cuz I'm I'm telling you Wisconsin that's some serious cheese. That's is- when I go to Wisconsin, I'm just, like, order cheese. I don't care if this is from a fast food restaurant. I'll take it. Mm-hmm. Is it is good. Wait, you went to Wisconsin? Culver? Do you know Culver? Was, the Culver's?
2: Restaurant?
3: Yeah. Yeah. I, my favorite yep. thing was to hit the West. Because I tour in, in um, the Midwest.
2: Yeah. And you can get cheese curds at Culver's that are pretty tasty.
3: I love
1: this. Oh, it's now, but no cheese curds there.
2: <laughs> yeah
3: oh also what's next for me we in july we go on a um a european tour our, our seventh european tour for the new book where where are you going any particular countries or everywhere um just two it's, it's england uh we'll be doing london Sheffield, wales edinburgh keatley i'm missing two york and i'm missing one bradford and then um The Greek Isles. They always book us for a book reading in in the Greek Isles. So, yeah, I don't mind that at all. (laughs) Absolutely
0: not. I was about to say by sticking to um, the UK, at least you don't have a language barrier. But then you mentioned Edinburgh, and I don't think I'd understand a word they set up in Edinburgh.
3: (laughs) Oh, and a fashion
0: shoot in Paris. Absolutely. Now, now, Betty Lee, if we're going to brainstorm about where this author thing can go, I think you need a dog breed named after you or your characters.
1: <laughs> I, I have dogs in several several of my books, and one of them um, I actually dedicated to, I, I had a rescue Bichon. I don't know how anybody who could let a Bichon go, they're so lovable, but I rescued her when she was eight months old and we had her for 10 years and that's a relatively short lifespan for a Bichon. And um, she got a squamous cell carcinoma on the underside of her tongue and we lost her. We did everything possible, but you know there was just no way that we could save her. And um, I was in the process of writing it. So when that book came out, I gave all the proceeds from the sales of it to the uh, rescue center in our area.
0: That's so sweet. Yeah,
1: I mean, so you know, that one is uh, actually it's called it's called um, wishing for wonderful, and it's a little bit of a fantasy. I jump around with uh, genres. I don't, I, I probably do all women's fiction, but I'll go to fantasy, and then I'll go to something that's much more realized, realistic, and tear jerking, and then come back to fantasy. So I think you know, it keeps your brain alive. <laughs>
0: I get that. I get that. Well, over the course of, of meeting the three of you, I've asked you what my classic question always is, is, you know, what advice would you give to future writers, blah, blah, blah. But since you are all part of Launchpad, the guide to publishing your book, I want to ask what on your wish list would you change about the publishing industry? Is there something that you would make? different than it is right now. Uh, Betty Lee, we'll start with you. What would you change about the way things are done?
1: Tough question. You know, if I had to change something, I would say that in the self-publishing market, I would love to see a little more of a qualifier before the book actually goes to print. In other words, at one time, self-publishing had a really bad reputation. I mean, people said, oh, self-published poo-poo, you know, and that's not really true because there are really fantastic books in self-published that have been self-published. And I've discovered a number of authors that for some reason just didn't make it through all the channels of going through agents and everything and ended up self-publishing their book. And then the agents were pounding on their door. So um, I think if you know, and maybe this is something writers ask themselves, when is my book really ready to be published? Yes. Don't just put it out there because it's finished. And you know, editors are your very best friend. I have to tell you, I would be down the creek without my editor. She is just my absolute best friend. And I don't mean socially, I mean bookwise, because no. editors are what make a book into a great book, honestly. I mean, just as as rob said they see the holes in the story they see the the mistakes people make and i think going in and pu- pulling those out of the writer makes i've, I've learned so much said My first few books, I didn't really have an editor, so to speak. You know, my editors were my friends and, you know, everyone like that, which is a big, big, big mistake. And those books have all been since been re-edited. But, you know, an editor will pull the very best out of an author. And I think even if you have to go bring a bag lunch for a month, you know, to your regular job, put that money into getting a good editor because it's really well worth every dollar.
0: I'm so glad you said that. And, uh, and that goes for traditionally published, self-published, however that book is making it to market, of uh, editors, thank you, Rob, for representing editors today, uh, are so critical. And um, what you said about the publishing industry, yes, you know, uh, it, it used to be that self-published was looked down upon, and now in so many circles, self-published is done for freedom. Um, we have Wilnona Marie here, who is who is obviously wanting that freedom that she would never, ever get with a traditional publisher, which I love. So, uh, Wilnona, I'm going to ask you the same question, if you don't mind. What would you change about the publishing industry, if you could? Is there anything you'd change?
3: Wilnona, is there anything that you would change? I think um, with, I think I would change is probably the whole quarrying process <laughs> um I think that that was the question right no, I, was that's one of the things where I got it right that's right <laughs> yeah I would change the entire quarrying process I think I would like probably want to streamline it more like um like a Netflix thing like a blacklist that you have in like in Hollywood of all the, of all the good ideas Ooh. that came out and then you just read down it and be like, yeah, that one sounds good. That one sounds good. That one sounds good. That one. And then you put in the, um, the agents would pursue the author that way.
0: Ooh, I like the way. I, I like love like that. about querying and Netflix. I've never put those two things in the same sentence. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Love that. Rob, how about you? Something that you would change about this publishing industry that we're dealing with?
2: Oh, they, they would immediately start sending me bigger checks. Right, (laughs) Uh, that's.
0: I'm with you on that one. (laughs) Uh, um, I I don't know. There's bigger checks.
2: Yeah, I I don't know. There. I mean, there's so many options out there now. I mean, of course, I mean, there's still the traditional publishing companies, which have gone through a lot of changes. I think, uh, you know, one of the things I would like to see changed in that part of the industry is going back to deeper editing and working with authors long term. Uh, I see a lot of kind of, oh, your first book didn't sell enough, so you're done. Um, and the editing and marketing support from traditional publishing doesn't appear to be what it used to be. Right. But again, I, I understand the world has changed. Self-publishing, you know, turned everything upside down. But there's so many, there are options between those two. Right. Gotcha. Uh, small presses, hybrid publishers uh, that can provide you a lot of support and a lot of help. And can get a professionally edited, professionally designed book out for you. Uh, No, it's not through one of the big three or is it the big two publishers now? Uh, Yeah, and it may not be on the shelf at at Barnes and Noble, but you know, is how many people buy their books at Barnes and Noble anymore? Uh, There's so many other options. Um, So I think that's you know, it may be there are too many options and it's a little overwhelming. Uh, may be overwhelming for readers to try to find what they're looking for, to find that new good book that they haven't heard of before.
0: You know, that's a good point. And um, I find I watching television, for example, since Wilona has us equating, you know, querying with Netflix. Nowadays, used to be you turned on the TV, you flipped around the channels and you watched what you watched. Nowadays, you have to kind of say... How do I view that? Oh, I've heard of this new new show. I'm not even sure where I'm finding that. And I think the same thing goes for books. They're available in so many different ways and places, um, but it's our job as authors and publishers in some cases to make sure that people can find us amidst all of those options, which, so I think I'm hearing you that there's a lot of options which can make it confusing, but, um, then we meet someone like Wilnona, who's taking those options and turning them upside down and using everyone mm-hmm. it's really kind of exciting. Um, I have been so excited to meet the three of you. And I want to remind all of our viewers what we want them finding. And these books, I'm sure, are available. And I put all the website addresses so that you can follow up with our authors. Certainly, if you are uh, writing yourself, Launchpad, the countdown to publishing your book, part of a three book series, the countdown to writing your book, uh, already out, and the countdown to marketing your book will be coming out soon. Uh, You definitely want to find, after June 20th, Beyond Betrayal by Betty Lee Crosby, along with 23 other novels. So, BettyLeeCrosby.com and super active on social media, so you definitely want to catch up. Rob is the author of Slade and three other novels, as well as an editor of many, many other novels. So whether you are a reader and you wanna read some great Southern fiction or a writer and you want some assistance, uh, we're so delighted to be joined today by a writer and editor. And this is where you can find Rob. And Wilnona Marie and, um, her partner, Jade, are part of And We Thought. The And We Thought Ladies is more than just one book. It's many books. It's a fashion line. It's a, a, a group of podcasts. Heck, it's a board game and a bottle of wine. <laughs> so You definitely want to go over and visit andwethought.com so you too can buy tickets to the theme park and be part of all of the excitement that's there. Uh, The three of you, my God, my mind is buzzing. I'm like sitting here literally hosting and taking notes on all the things I wanna do next. And I can't thank you enough for all you've done for writers out there, for readers out there. And please connect with me and keep in touch so that I can shoot out all of your stuff to our audiences. Thank you so much for joining me.
3: Thank Thank you you for having us. us. Absolutely.